Welcome to You Are Not A Frog, the podcast for GPs, doctors and other professionals in high-stress jobs. Working in today's pressured environment, you may feel like a frog in boiling water. Things have heated up so slowly that you might not have noticed the extra long days becoming the norm. You've got used to feeling constantly busy and often one crisis away from not coping. Let's face it, frogs only have two options, to stay in the pan, be boiled alive, or to hop out and leave. But you are not a frog. And that's where this podcast comes in. You can do more than just hop out or burn out. There are simple changes that you can make which will make a huge difference to your stress levels and help you enjoy life again. I'm your host, Dr Rachel Morris, GP turned executive coach, speaker, specialist in workplace resilience and creator of the Shapes Toolkit training programme. In the podcast, I'll be chatting with friends, colleagues and experts, all who have an interesting take on this stuff, so that together we can take back control and thrive. If you want more resources, including CPD reflection forms for the podcast, then make sure you've signed up to the You Are Not A Frog Collective and please share these podcasts with anyone who needs them. On with the episode. So it's brilliant to have with me on the podcast this week, Shaney Langdon. Now, Shaney's a clinical psychologist who specialises in mindfulness-based approaches. Shaney, have I got that right? Yes, yes, that's right. Um, so yeah, I do a mixture of therapy work. Um, and for most of my therapy work now, I'm using acceptance and commitment therapy, which is obviously what we're having a think about today together. Um, and then I also teach mindfulness um, with my colleague, Eleanor, who you know well um, and who introduced us. And um, yeah, we do a mixture in the work that we do um, running courses um, of the kind of more standard eight week mindfulness courses uh, and we're now bringing in ACT to that as well. Uh, I should say that ACT is short for acceptance and commitment therapy and uh, that's what we generally would refer to it as, it's a bit less of a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, now I'm, I'm really interested in ACT and that's one of the reasons I've asked you on, on the podcast because mm. um, I've heard it mentioned in various guises mm. over the last couple of years and then one of my Red Whale colleagues, Lee David, who's a GP with special interest in, in mental health and CBT therapist, was asked for her sort of one top book of the year. And she recommended the um, book by Russ Harris, the, the Happiness Trap, which is all about acceptance commitment therapy. So, so I thought, well, if Lee's recommending it, I'll read it. And I read it and I thought, oh my word, this is, this is so needed. It's so, so important. And um, Actually, it was really important for me. So I thought, well, if it's important for me, then it'll be important for, for, some, of, for some of my listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just start off by, by exploring a little bit about what is, what is ACT in the first place? Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of, well, I was going to say therapeutic approach, but really it can help, as you say, all of us really uh, in all walks of life. And, and a lot of coaches use it as well as an approach. Um, and it's, it's mindfulness based so there's a lot of um mindfulness in there in terms of getting in touch with the present moment that's one of the main kind of processes we work on um but the kind of leading um part of it is is values that's that's kind of what it's all in the name of in a way so the mindfulness although it's really important, it's kind of secondary to that. It's like we're using the mindfulness to be able to live a life that's full and meaningful. Um, And for me, that that values part is just so important. And that's what's really 
um, you know, drawn me to this approach and, and has felt like somehow the missing link, um, you know, from the work that I was doing before therapeutically to be starting to get to what really matters to people. Um, is, that, is that because sort of traditional mindfulness can seem like a bit of a vacuum? It's just about noticing your thoughts and actually you can be, you can just become a more effective psychopath by doing lots of mindfulness. <laughs> Yeah, we can pay attention in in that kind of way. I mean, I think, you know, I think values is there in traditional mindfulness practice and approaches as well. So it's not that it's, you know, not around, but I think it's kind of much more implicit, if that makes sense. You know, I think we we get to what matters to us through doing the practices, um, but it's just not such an explicit focus and it's not something that we kind of sit and think, well, hang on, what does really matter to me? And that's what we start to do in uh, ACT. And what really drew me to ACT was this thing about emotions, mm. because I, um, I have discovered about myself that I don't sit very well with negative emotions and I, I found them difficult. I've done a little bit of sort of self-exploration recently, found out that I'm a for those of you that know the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram 7, which means I love ideas and I love to be enthusiastic and I love to be very positive and optimistic about stuff. But then when things are difficult, I find it very difficult to accept the, 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 diff the difficult emotions and I'll, I'll, do so, I'll try and problem solve my way out of it or I'll try and distract my way out of it. And for me, reading that book about being mindful about your feelings and that, and that it's okay to feel those feelings and then but some some ways to not let them overwhelm you and, and sit with you was really really helpful yeah yeah and I you know that's one of the main kind of premises I guess of ACT is that you know a part of being human if we're going to live a life that matters to us is having the difficult and uncomfortable emotions as well as the joyful wonderful ones um, and that it's really normal not to want the uncomfortable ones as well. You know, I really don't think you're alone in that. <laughs> you know, and it's and it's our you know it's our mind's mechanism of trying to keep us safe, of trying to prevent us from pain. Um, that it you know tries to get us to avoid those feelings because our minds kind of do the same with emotional pain as they do with you know danger and, and physical pain. Um, and so, you know, it's not that our minds are doing anything wrong when they're trying to get us not to feel that kind of stuff, because, you know, who wants to? It's really, it's really difficult. And then we also know that when we do avoid those feelings, then that can kind of get us into an even stickier situation. And it can kind of stop us from being effective potentially and, and from, you know, living the life that we really want to lead. So how can ACT help with that? How does it help us accept and work through and, and live with our feelings? Well, through a, a mixture of um, different processes. Um, so one really important one is diffusion, um, which is one of the main kind of techniques. And there are lots and lots of ways that we can practice diffusing. So, so the idea is that when you're you know, really caught up in something, a uh, really difficult feeling. That's what we call getting fused, you know, when that's kind of all we can see. Um, and it kind of gets in the way of us, you know, being present with people, connecting with others and, and yeah, being effective because it's kind of preoccupying us so much. And so in ACT, there are all these different techniques that we call diffusion techniques that just help us to kind of unhook 
from some of those difficult thoughts and feelings um and it again it's really important that we do that knowing that we're not trying to get rid of them you know again it's so easy to kind of think oh good if I can unhook from them then they won't be there anymore and I won't have to deal with them and it's not about that it's it's about kind of shifting our relationship with them so that they have less of an impact on us and so that it's not those that are kind of driving our behaviors what we do um, so those diffusion techniques so are one of the really important parts of ACT. Um, there's also the kind of, as you say, the kind of acceptance part. And, you know, acceptance can be a really tricky word, I think, because there are so many associations with it. And, you know, and I think that we can sometimes mistake it for like resignation or just kind of oh, I'm just lying down and taking it then and and it's not about that it's a it's much more a kind of you know those maps um where it just has this little pinpoint saying you are here and you know you kind of use that to work out where you're at and then where you want to get to and that's what acceptance is much more about it's just saying this is what's here right now this is where I am at and then once you've kind of made space for that and um, kind of acknowledged that this is what's here, then, you know, we can kind of move forward. And it doesn't mean at all that we won't try to do something about a situation if we need to. And that's the kind of committed action part of ACT, um, you know, where we're starting to do things in the service of our values, where we're starting to take steps towards living our values. Um, but it's just the idea that, you know, the more we kind of fight with our feelings and our thoughts, the more it's a bit like, you know, it's quicksand, you know, the analogy of quicksand and that, you know, the more we struggle, the kind of more we get sucked in by it. And it's like that with our emotions as well. The more we kind of fight with them, the more, um, well, often meta emotions we get about them, you know, oh, why am I feeling anxious? I shouldn't be feeling anxious. And, you know, we get angry about feeling anxious and then maybe feeling a bit ashamed about feeling angry about, you know, and it's all these layers on top. Yeah. And so this idea of acceptance is just like, okay, let's just directly experience what's here. And then we can kind of go from there. I don't know if that makes sense. So I was, I I think it's so important. I think as sort of doctors, healthcare professionals and other professionals in these sort of really high stress jobs, mm. we are so used to thinking our way out of, uh, out of stuff. Mm. And I remember a couple of years ago, someone had done something that had really, really hacked me off. Mm. But I knew that the good thing to do would be just to leave it, to forgive them, to, you know, but the more I sort of said to myself, I just need to leave it and not, the more, the more I got, the more cross I got about it. And in the end, I ended up having a complete meltdown with the pet. Well, I, I ended up having, a, having to have the conversation that I'd been saying to myself, no, I don't need to have it, it's fine, you know, because I was struggling against it because I was saying I shouldn't be feeling this, I shouldn't be that, I shouldn't be that. So for me, I think that would have really helped, really helped then in saying, actually, I am feeling this mm. and that's okay. Or even that if you take a step back to the diffusion bit, Mm -hmm. For me, I think that is that is really, really important. And, and I think that's, I guess, why mindfulness is so important, that you start to notice that you're thinking these things, but the diffusion is all about whether you decide to take notice of the thoughts or not. Yeah. So I can have the thoughts, but I don't need to take notice of it. And I was reading the, 
this the book on it as I, I went skiing this year and, and someone was really really okay <laughs> bit of a theme here I was getting a bit irritated like, <laughs> yeah and um and because I read the book I know the book it said you know you can say to yourself if you want to start to try and achieve something you say to yourself oh I'm thinking this yeah. it starts to separate it or I'm having the thought that and just by saying I'm having the thought that such and such being a bit irritating I could then go so I'm just not going to, I'm just going to let, let that thought wander off. I'm not going to fuse with that. And it was the first time I really had realised that we aren't our thoughts and we can choose yeah. whether to, to leave it or to think about it. But yeah. that was really helpful. And how, how, how does that then go with, it, with acceptance? I think maybe is it that if you can't get away from the thought, you then have to go to the acceptance or, or is there a bit of both in, in each of it? Well, I think it's it's both um, because it's it's you know it's partly just the way you've described it just then. Oh, there's that thought. You know, even in acknowledging it, it's kind of letting it be there, isn't it? It's as you say versus that other experience where you were like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling like this, or I shouldn't be thinking that. You know, that's when that kind of battle starts, isn't it? Where we start kind of debating with ourselves and. Um, you know telling ourselves we shouldn't be feeling something so it's that first step even just acknowledging it and saying oh I'm having the thought that that's some level of acceptance isn't it because we're saying it's here this is what's here and then you know often there's emotion that comes with it that comes with thoughts and so I guess the other area of allowing for that letting that stuff be there is it's kind of well, in act we often call it making space for so I, I do a making space practice with people um quite often which is just kind of sitting with it and mm -hmm. and we often do physicalizing um okay. so really coming into the body and just really noticing where in your body it shows up mm -hmm. and you can even start to imagine it as like an object um, so you know if it was an object what shape would it be would it have hard edges or soft ones would it be you know kind of rigid or soft and wobbly would it have a temperature would it have a color so really starting to explore with kind of curiosity quite often in mindfulness and act we think about the the David Attenborough attitude I don't know if you've heard of that before no no tell us about the David Attenborough attitude well so you know how David Attenborough you know whatever he comes up comes across in his um, explorations you know he could have like a tarantula over here and a, a really soft little furry mouse over here and you know what anything he comes across he kind of brings that mm -hmm. same curiosity and interest of gentleness and um, openness really to whatever it is you know it doesn't matter what he finds he brings that same kind of attitude does that make sense I don't know if you can imagine you know, mm. here is the little pygmy mouse Actually, I really feel a feeling of intense irritation with that other person <laughs> <laughs> and here is the irritation building <laughs> you. So, you know can you kind of bring that curiosity okay so here's the irritation and oh where is it in my body where is it showing up for me and you know often we'll feel tension or anxiety in our chest or in our stomach or at our throat you know so can you really just explore in that kind of David Attenborough-esque way you know what what you're noticing in those different parts of your body and just start to be curious about it open up to it 
And then, you know, then we can also, if we want to try out breathing into it a bit. So just kind of imagining our breath coming into and out of it. You can imagine it a bit like water flowing through it or around it. But it's just, and it's not to, again, to change it or to get rid of it. Um, but it's just about letting it be there. And it's just a kind of, I suppose, a more tangible way to start practicing letting it being there if we can kind of explore it in that kind of way. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It just makes sense. I mean, one, one thing that struck me about with the book when it's talking about emotions is that we're very quick to label things as positive and negative, aren't we? So happiness and love is positive and anger and sadness is negative. It's quite quick to say actually all these are spectrums of, of, being a, of being a human being and why shouldn't we feel sadness as much as we feel love and, that, and that's okay? Yeah, and I mean, so Steve Hayes, who's the founder of ACT, has this great phrase, we hurt where we care. Mm. And, you know, that's what it's all about, really, isn't it? Like, you know, all of our different emotions are about things that mean something to us. And they're, they're telling us something. They're kind of signals to us, aren't they, about something. So, you know, anger is often some kind of injustice or you know, someone maybe overstepping our boundary or um you know something that needs some action taken and so it's a kind of call to us isn't it to do something and to say that wasn't right that wasn't okay with me and you know the same with sadness as you say it's we're sad often if we lose someone we care about or you know if it's, it's often you know there's often loss in there isn't there and it's the flip side really of love and care um so you know that i think that's so important and again that's you know one of the really important premises of act is about emotions all having a purpose um and then you know as you say then you start to slightly lose this sense of kind of positive positive and negative um because it's like well that you know they're all here for a reason and then you know we can start to use them as well you know once we've allowed them to be there and given them space is there something that any of these thoughts or feelings are telling us that we do need to take action about um you know or, or that we can just be really kind to ourselves about um so again it's not about kind of getting rid of them or ignoring them because they may have something to tell us so that's where the, the commitment stuff comes in in the you know, acceptance and commitment therapy that we're then using them to to make to make changes that are consistent with our values and to take action. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, and often those emotions will tell us something if we can sit and listen to them. They'll tell us something about what does matter to us, uh, which we can then kind of harness in some of these actions and and ways that we start to live our lives. And then how how does how does access suggest people then take action? on things is there a sort of set way of doing it or is it just really up to the individual well I guess the first step in a way is the getting in touch with the values because we don't want to just be getting onto the doing <laughs> you know and you know with the mindfulness stuff that we're, we're practicing being rather than doing um and it's this this kind of different way of relating uh, you know we're so often aren't we in this kind of driven doing getting somewhere mode and so with the with the mindfulness we're starting to kind of practice the the being stuff um and then the getting in touch with the values is starting to really connect with well how do we want to act you know how do we want to be in our lives what kind of friend 
professional partner parent whatever our roles you know we've all got so many different roles haven't we different hats that we wear and you know we can start to really look in all those different areas of our lives for you know what kind of friend partner parent professional do I want to be what really matters to me in those areas are you constantly stressed and thinking about work does your laptop come with you on holiday your to-do list have permanent residence in your brain and your worry about how to handle the latest crisis wake you up in the small hours. Then it's time to get your life back and that's exactly what our brand new online course will help you do. It's a 60-minute reset for healthcare professionals to shift your mindset so you can set boundaries and limits around your work without the endless guilt that you've not done enough. It's just £27 and you can get instant access now when you go to shapestoolkit.com slash get your life back. And it's then that we can start to think, okay, so what actions based on those values do I want to start taking? And there's a, a really kind of important distinction um, that's often made an act in terms of the difference between values and goals and so values are like the direction of travel that we want to take you know it's a bit like saying okay I'm gonna go west (laughs) and any any movement west is still going in that direction isn't it um and you know and I think that's so helpful when we start to think about what actions we want to take because it doesn't have to be anything dramatic initially you know we can just take one small step at a time and then goals are kind of you know places that we might want to visit along the way so traveling west we might get to Wales and then Ireland and you know there might be a mountain we want to climb part way along Um, so those can be the goals but they're a different thing they're the things that we can kind of tick off and say right that's done but it's how we go about doing those things that is what our values are about and that is a work in progress (laughs) Yes, yes, I can see that. Someone might say, you know, I can't have a goal to be a good mum because that, that, that's a value. You know, I want to be a compassionate mother, but a goal might be to, you know, do more activities with my children, you know. Exactly, mm. exactly. And then, you know, we can start to say, well, okay, yeah, I want to be a, a compassionate, caring mum, you know, who's playful. Okay, so what can I bring into my parenting to start to try some of that stuff you know are there little I don't know games or you know or or just in the way that I'm listening to my child you know how can I show them that I'm trying to bring this value to that interaction with them um so it's the how it's the adverbs it's the how we're doing the thing that is where the values are yeah so typically how would you use this for the client and if they were to come into a session with you and sit down and say, oh, I'm experiencing this issue. What would you, what would you do and how would you help them use all this? Um, well, it would depend kind of where they're at. So with that, because there are all these kind of different processes um, and there are kind of six processes that we kind of call the hexaflex in act and we call it kind of dancing around the hexaflex because it, you know, it just depends <laughs> where the person is when they come in as to where you would start um you know and I suppose if someone's really struggling with 
anxiety or you know depression and there are you know particular thoughts or stories that are going on for them um, that are just really getting in the way of their lives and you know you may may well start with the confusion type stuff because if that's just kind of the obstacle to um doing anything then you know they need to start to have some techniques that they can apply um to, to start to unhook when those thoughts and feelings come in and are just getting in the way of life um but I guess if um someone just was feeling a bit lost you know if you know, sometimes people come uh just saying you know I just I feel like I've kind of lost direction in my life you know I just don't know where I want to go you know maybe they've taken a career break or um you know some thing some big thing in their life has shifted in some way they may have moved to a different area for example and they're just feeling a bit kind of um lost then the value stuff can be a really good place to start there because you can then just start to think well look what matters to you and how can you just in small ways start to bring these values these this way of living into your life and then it you know it often seems to be that starting to really clarify that helps people to just start making small steps and then it kind of builds from there that they can kind of find some shape and meaning um, to the path that they want to go down Um, but then you know with all of this all of the different processes kind of support each other really because then you know when you start practicing the mindfulness uh, being able to be more present in the moment then it's easier to do the diffusion because you kind of catch yourself thinking those thoughts and those feelings coming up a bit sooner so then you can start to apply the unhooking skills um and then you know it's often having the values as well that helps us in more you know in really difficult situations where we're really in it (laughs) um you know if we can really get in touch with our values and, and how we want to be then that can kind of be the impetus to start unhooking um so that we can start making those so in, in act we often talk about away moves and towards moves so the towards moves are where we're, we're kind of unhooked and we're, we're living life as we want to be living it and the away moves are the um you know where we're not acting like the person we want to be because we've got really hooked in um so you know everything kind of helps everything else but if you've got those values in place then it's it's a way to kind of start to nudge ourselves towards the towards move path so um i was going to ask you how how mindfulness sort of fits into all this i guess you just sort of answered that question a bit saying one of the one of the ways mindfulness helps is because you then start to get trained and just notice what's going on in your notice what the thoughts are popping into your brain is there any other way that it, that it can help yeah so um grounding and so in one of the um practices that we talk about in act is dropping anchor um so and you know it can be just a really simple thing where you just really notice the sensations between your soles of your feet and the floor and you know your bottom on the chair and you might want to just kind of put your fingertips together um so that you've just got that sense of contact and just of of being a bit grounded um and yeah dropping anchor and then you can just kind of notice what that's like and then you know you can also start to notice perhaps three things you can see around you three things you can hear in the room so it's quite a simple practice but it's just a way to 
kind of connect and ground ourselves. And again, that can kind of help us as a first step to the diffusion, uh, because if we can kind of get into our bodies in that way, then it can just help us to kind of shift out of our heads and out of that chatter. Um, and then the mindfulness helps with the acceptance as well, because, you know, we're practicing all the time in mindfulness practices, just noticing what's here. As I say, we're, we're kind of going into that being mode. And so, you know, all the time, if you're, whatever you're focusing on, when we're doing a mindfulness practice, there's always a focus. So whether it's our breath or our body or sounds or what we can see, and because we're, we're starting to practice just that kind of non-judgmental awareness, and again, that kind of David Attenborough-esque attitude, we're just starting to watch what's here. We're not trying to change anything. We're not trying to get anywhere. Um, and, you know, and I think often there are kind of misconceptions about mindfulness practice that we, you know, we're meant to sit there and make our mind go blank and that we should feel really calm by the time we've finished a practice. And, and it's not about that. All it is, is about practicing, noticing whatever's here. And, you know, if we've just had a really stressful or busy, difficult day, our mind is not going to <laughs> just kind of, you know, blank and, and go clear. We're going to be sitting there watching. It's like a microcosm of what's going on for us. So we're going to be sitting watching our mind <laughs> whirring. Mm -hmm. um, and it may settle as we practice, you know, if we bring our attention to the breath or to the soles of the feet or whatever it may start to settle and it may not um and that's you know that's not the point the point is to just watch where we're at and to let that be there and then to start noticing if there are layers of you know judgment and comment on that and then when our mind drifts off we go oh there you are <laughs> and we bring it back and um so all the time we're kind of cultivating that attitude of, kind of non-judgmental awareness and allowing what's there to be there. So that then can really help with the kind of acceptance side of things because we're kind of practicing that with more, I suppose, more neutral uh, experiences. Um, you know, it's kind of easier to say, oh, there's my breath going in and out than it is to go, there's that really irritating thought. <laughs> and uh, it's in my body you know and that's why in you know in the eight week courses then we we start with the focus on the body doing a body scan and then noticing the breath and it's only later on that we you know come to the sitting with the more difficult thoughts and feelings so how how would someone who's say experienced a lot of stress I'm thinking of someone at the end of a busy surgery or someone running an apartment in a hospital or a manager with a team that they've got to support working virtually in the moment how can you know if they suddenly start to feel a bit overwhelmed with anxiety about the COVID situation you know what's going to happen to the economy what's going to happen to my job what's going to happen to how we do things around here is there any sort of quick things that they can take from ACT that they can do right there and then to help Mm. so yeah so I think the first one is that just that grounding just that kind of you know okay well look here I am let me feel the contact between my feet and the floor my body in the chair if they're on the chair or you know or just noticing if they're walking maybe just tuning into the sensations of the the movements as the arms swing or you know, just really getting into the body and then you know some of that 
diffusion stuff can be really helpful. I'm having the thought that, you know, the economy is going to be awful. I should have done this, you know, when I saw that patient. Um, it's all going to go horribly wrong. <laughs> you know, just I'm, I'm having the thought that, I'm noticing I'm having the thought that. So just to be acknowledging that. And can um, I just check with that? Even yeah. if those thoughts are true, mm -hmm. that's fine still to let them go. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's not about deciding if a thought is true. So I decided if I choose a thought whether it's true or not. It's just, is this helpful to me at the moment to be thinking this? Yeah, and, you know, the kind of helpful thing is, you know, that's kind of, I guess, how we decide what we do with it. But at the moment, at, at that moment, you know, it's just, oh, it's here. You know, whether or not it's helpful, whether or not it's true, it's just like, ah, oh, there it is. You know, just to even wake ourselves up to that being in our minds. Because I think, you know, so often we're just in these trains of thought and we just don't even realise it. I don't mm. know if that's uh, <laughs> familiar to you. It certainly is to me. You know, I can just be down a whole path you know, and have decided what's happening for the next 10 years. And, and then I, you know, I suddenly am like, oh, <laughs> I've just kind of missed uh, a small portion of my life because I've, you know, I've just gone down that path. And so that first step is just acknowledging I'm having the thought that and just noticing that that kind of whole train has appeared. Um, but yeah, with, with ACT, we are less um, interested in a way with whether the thought is true or false it's just it's the kind of function of it and how we relate to it um, and I you know I don't say that at all in a dismissive way or not to validate thoughts because you know as I've said that there are often kind of important messages in them and um, you know they can be about really valid important things and as you say especially in these really difficult times so it's not at all to say that they don't matter but it's just you know in terms of how we respond to them can we kind of hold them a bit more lightly so that they just don't have such a huge impact on us? Um, and then we can kind of start to you know, notice where in our body they show up if there's emotion to do with them. And then when we've allowed space for that, that's when we can start to think, well, okay, well, what, what can I do? You know, what is in my control here? You know, whether the economy collapses how the virus spreads globally you know those kinds of things we can't we can't control those so can we come to what we can do and we can't control our emotions or our thoughts you know none of that is stuff we can control but what we can do is we can control what we do and how we do it you know in that kind of smaller way in our in our everyday lives um yeah mm. So if someone was really struggling with some of these emotions, what, what, would, what, would, your, what would your three top tips be for them? Um, I'm just thinking of this kind of face COVID stuff that um, Russ mm. Harris talks about that people might find helpful to look at. But mm -hmm. um, So his first steps are focus on what's in your control. Yeah. Acknowledge the thoughts and feelings and well and I would kind of put that with then come and come into your body so it's that kind of acknowledging allowing what's here to be here yeah. and then well yeah I'm gonna I'm getting to more than three here <laughs> that's okay no, tell us about the face COVID because I think that's that's important news yeah 
so it's it's a he, he's come up with this acronym russ harris who's one of the big kind of trainers and um, authors in act uh, he's come up with an acronym uh, that just gives us some things that we can practically do in terms of all of these different aspects of that mm-hmm. in relation to the the covid crisis um and so his face uh, acronym is focus on what's in your control acknowledge thoughts and feelings come back into your body and engage in what you're doing mm-hmm. so this is this grounding and getting present stuff mm-hmm. um and then his covid part of the acronym is committed action so that's what we've been talking about and this is part of the what's doing in your control it's you know in your day-to-day life how can you make a difference mm-hmm. um you know maybe it's the the way that you talk to your patients or the time that you give to someone who's just really struggling in some way you know it's those things that might seem small compared to all these massive things in the crisis that actually can make a huge difference to people's lives um and then there's open up is the o which is this making space for all these feelings. The values is, you know, what sort of person you want to be um, in the, you know, in the face of this crisis, if you look back in 20 years time, how would you want to say that you showed up at this time? Mm -hmm. Um, And then identify resources, uh, which is resources for help, um, assistance, support, advice. um, And I guess, you know, in the case of GPs working with all this, I guess that's partly going to be resources available as well, which, you know, obviously isn't as many as we would want and are needed, but, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, harnessing the resources that are there and I guess colleagues. Yeah. Yeah. What have you got? What's in your control? What have you got to work with? Exactly. Yeah. What can you draw on? And, and you know, in your yeah. personal life, what can you draw yeah. on? Um, and then there's disinfect and distance, which is, you know, obviously what everyone is is trying to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that that's really helpful. I, I love that um, that question. You know, after the you know twenty years time when when all this is passed, and and it, and it will pass eventually. <laughs> yeah. You look back at you know, imagine you're looking back and and think to yourself, you know, when I'm looking back, how did I show up? How did I show up during the COVID crisis? Because that's so important. It's so important to ourselves, but to our families, to our friends and to our patients and to our work colleagues and to our staff, all, all those sorts of things. And, and, you know, that's why I love ACTS because it's about identifying your thoughts and feelings and, and accepting that they're there and you can't necessarily change them, but you can decide which to take notice of. And then you, you commit, you commit to what you're going to do to make a difference and to change to, to, to what's in your what's in your control so 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 important mm-hmm. thank you that that has been really really helpful if um we'll put the uh link i'll put the link to the face covid stuff in the show notes mm-hmm. if people wanted to find out more about ags well what would you suggest that they did um so um russ harris's resources are great um so his book as you mentioned the happiness trap and there's also an app um for that which they're currently there's a discount code so that you can get that for free for the next few months i think until the end of june that's valid mm-hmm. um and then his website um and there's also a more general um i think it's uh the it's called contextualscience.org 
um, which is a, I think it's an American website, but that's got a lot of information about ACT. Um, so yeah, those are kind of good places to start just to start to find out more about it all. Great. Great. And if people wanted to contact you, how did they go about doing that? Um, so, well, I think we'll put our website, mine and Eleanor's website um, in the show notes. So that's www.beinghumantogether.co.uk. Um, and I think my LinkedIn um, profile is there as well. And then because that's got the kind of details of the private practice I work with as well. Great, Shani. Thank, thank you very much. We'll do that. And this is good timing because the, the machines are back. They're building, they're building a cycle park outside the front of my house, which is a nightmare on podcast day. <laughs> I'll just make space for that, you know. (laughs) To make space for the diggers, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's been really helpful, and I think it'd be really great for some of our listeners. So, thank you so much for spending this time to speak with us, and um, hopefully, speak again soon. Yeah, really good to talk to you, Rachel. Thanks, thanks, Shaney. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please share it with your friends and colleagues. Please subscribe to my You Are Not A Frog email list and subscribe to the podcast. And if you have enjoyed it, then please leave me a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. So keep well, everyone. You're doing a great job. You got this.